0: you please tell me where to find him and that life with a storybook end. can't you please tell me
1: where to find him maybe he's found in a fairy tale with those dreams of a better day the gang is back everybody it is dreams of a better day podcast and this week we have a special guest. My brother Spencer is here. Spencer, good. Yeah, say hello.
0: Alright, good morning everyone. Thanks for having me. It's great to meet all of you. You guys look great. All of you? <laughs> all of you. Wow.
1: <laughs> and this week, we did perhaps the greatest End Times movie ever made. Which may be controversial. Left Behind. It came out in the year 2000, and it stars friend of the podcast, Kurt Cameron. One time friend of the podcast. Yeah, we had a bit of a falling out. But, I don't know, I have seen this movie probably like six times. When I was in school, I've said before, I went to a little Christian school, and we watched this, I think, every year in Bible class. Every single year this movie came up, whether it was to fill time at the end of the year, or in conjunction with the end times unit, which... Pretty much every Bible teacher always, even if we were doing the Old Testament, they would throw in an end times unit for kicks. I guess. I think it's important to note this is the movie was based on the
0: first of a series of books yeah. that I think came out late '90s, early
1: two,
2: uh, yeah. yeah. The mid, movie came out in 2000, okay, so the, the books were probably late '90s, sure, maybe mid '90s. Were they
1: done writing the books when the first movie? No, came? I don't okay. think so. Okay, I don't think so. Are they done writing them? Well... <laughs> I have no idea. I have I've no heard idea. they are done the tribulation
2: right. period, but then they did write, like, the prequels about, like, what happens That's before true. the rapture. yeah. So maybe they're writing more. I don't right. know.
0: Right. I remember I, I read all of these books. It would have been when I was in middle school, 2003 to 2006. Yeah. Okay. And then I remember going back and reading the kids' version and the prequel as well. And then when I was watching this movie, I hadn't really been exposed to this story since then, okay. so... I remember thinking, oh, there's some, some, thing, some character traits that I recognized that were developing in the prequel. <laughs> I, I could see it come, like, come
1: to life. I guess Heaven is for Real could be considered a sequel to the rapture part of Left Behind, right? You, if you could interpret it that way. Because they're all in
2: heaven, right? I guess. I've never seen Heaven is for Real. So Me hard. either. We maybe should do it. Yeah. So we, I've read a couple of the, the books. I think I read up to The Mark which I think was like the eighth book, mm-hmm. and then I stopped reading them. And then, like years later, I came back after I had been out of like the dispensational, you know, rapture end time stuff, and just read like a couple pages of the last one because I wanted to see how it ended. Yeah, is the mark in these movies or like a credit card? Um, like it was in in Thief the, the Night? books. I don't know if the movies ever got to it, but in the books, it was like a like a number that was like tattooed on you. Oh, okay. So pretty much standard. Just like uh, Thief in the Night. Yeah. Except it wasn't binary. Oh, Right. I think the number in the books was 216. That's right. Six, 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 times six, six times six times six. six. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I remember feeling like a champ when I figured that out. Yeah. Because one of the discussion questions that I found at the end of the first book, or, or of one of the books was, what's the significance of 216? And I remember... In a math class, somewhere around that time, I remember six, we were learning about cubes and, like, the exponential property of time, the third power, and six times six times six was 216, and I understood, like, so I made that my <laughs> instant messenger screen name, <laughs> I tagged 216 to the end. I thought, what, really? Yeah, it was PK 216. <laughs> That's the origin of it, is... <laughs> Uh, Nicolaï Carpathia's favorite <laughs> number and left behind.
2: Yeah, so, <laughs> so the the plot of the movie is um, you know basically the same as Stephen in the Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Kirk Cameron plays uh, Buck a news Williams. Re- Buck Williams, who's yeah. a news reporter.
1: I gotta say, Kirk Cameron does not give off like the reporter vibe. No, he doesn't. He, doesn't, no. I, he is not Walter Cronkite. No. Yeah. And so this reporter is in Israel yeah. because this guy, what was the guy's name? Heim uh, Rosen, Rosen's Haim wife. Rosen, yeah, right. okay. I wanted to say Rosenberg, but the Rosenberg.
2: Not right. <laughs> so, Heim. Heisenberg.
1: Heim makes. He's figured out how to grow crops in hostile and yeah. like mm-hmm. inhospitable
2: environments. Which, interestingly enough, uh, in the Omega Code, that's the same thing that happens. Somebody figures out oh, yeah. how mm-hmm. to grow crops. In like, Omega Code
1: that came out in like 2003, right? So it was after. Oh, uh, probably. It was probably okay. inspired by Left just Behind. Ripping it off. Yeah. Inspired by. Yeah. So while Buck Williams, or pardon, Buck Kirk, well, pardon like me, a... Kurt Cameron is talking to this uh, guy in the field about these crops. Thousands of planes yeah. converge upon Israel. I guess it's it's like Russia, It's Iraq. And, I think okay. Is it, or is it everybody? Or is it, it just one country? Yeah. See, is there, I think it's sort of a replay of like
0: the, the 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 conflict Israel had, like the Six Day War, oh, or something yeah, yeah. where like Egypt and Syria and Russia from the north, everyone converges on Israel. Okay,
1: and so all these planes converge. They start uh, they drop some bombs, right, mm-hmm. and then so they run for cover. Kirk Cameron and the farm... Man, What is the guy's name? Kime? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they run for cover, but then during the attack, the planes just start exploding in the sky. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's just divine intervention? Is mm-hmm. that what... Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that sets off the... Sort of the plot for the rest of the movie, and then it cuts to Rayford, the pilot, right? Yeah. Did I miss anything? I mm-hmm. missed a lot when I was watching this. I've seen it so many times, and I still...
2: I think the next scene is on the airplane.
0: Mm-hmm. A big part of the movie is how these random oh, no, no, people's no,
2: no, no. paths converge. Yeah, it's not so. on the airplane; it's at their house because oh, he has to yeah. leave for the for the flight. Oh, he
1: has a surprise. He not well, he gets a he has to rush out because he has to fly from New York to London, mm-hmm. and so. But his family doesn't want to go because he's going to miss his son's birthday party. Yep. But he gets on the plane. <laughs> Buck Williams is on the plane as well. Yeah. And then on the flight, people start to disappear. Yeah. Like, so the rapture is happening. And so I I don't even remember how many people on the plane disappear. Uh, Is it like 10%? Or is it more than that? I think it's a bunch of people. Okay. But they disappeared, I think. Yeah. It's a big chunk. Like the their clothes are just there, so they rapture their clothes are just kind of lying on the seats and everywhere. And people are concerned because they sort of like wake up and they see their significant other's clothes just lying on the, the <laughs> seat. The book talks about how there's like tooth fillings and
0: hearing aids and like okay. every like non organic part of them remains on the chair. Yeah. Okay. And then but they disappear. You so know what I've like always pacemakers
2: wondered, and stuff. I've always wondered. So let's say you're a uh, you're a Christian, okay, and you donate a kidney to your brother who's not a Christian. The rapture happens. Does he lose the kidney that you've donated?
0: I think it depends on his rejection drugs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question, though. Because the kidney, the kidney, like sanctified kidney. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wondered that. Anyway, um, so the rapture happens. People are disappearing all over the place. Chaos. Um, From
1: this movie, I. Was, did the chaos seem a little underwhelming? So like if people are disappearing, I feel like the world would just shut down. So oh, I think there's yeah. a high enough percentage of Christians that work in every conceivable field mm-hmm. that if that were to happen, I it seems like the chaos would be even well, on a more massive scale. Because mm-hmm. I don't know the
2: the movie focused on like the some airport planes crashed. Kind of yeah, okay. So yeah, I guess it did. There was that car crash like build up on the highway um chaos kind of went on the airplane so i think they showed that but the thing we didn't get like a global scale of what was happening which it was the same thing in the thief in the night where he was like the small midwestern town right yeah so you couldn't really tell what was happening globally yeah i would
0: expect more violence though yeah the movie didn't really show like people taking guns out and walking down the street and gangs, but
2: I would kind of expect something like that. In the books, didn't, uh, like, war break out almost immediately after the rapture? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. it was, <laughs> that's what I was thinking as yeah.
0: well. Oh, another character we meet early on is a pastor of a church, and the pastor didn't truly believe, yeah. so yeah. he has this, mo- this moment with God in the empty church in front of the altar, and... He, he realizes his
2: mistake and cries out to God. Mm-hmm. And that's when the pilot uh, <coughs> is also coming to the church, kind of looking for his wife and kid, trying to figure out where they went. And he runs into the pastor. And so Rayford becomes a Christian after this pastor, who was not a believer before the rapture, also converts. There's a lot of conversion scenes in this movie. There
1: are. There are. It's almost...
2: They I felt I, they
1: lost their value because there's so many of them. Just conversions at every turn. It's yeah. like an assembly line.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. It feels like. Every and the character
2: is, enters and then it's a <laughs> lot of Henry Ford. This is this is early Kirk Cameron and you can tell that because he hasn't perfected the conversion scene yet. That, yeah, yeah, right. If you watch Fireproof, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. that's when he's got the conversion scene down. Mm-hmm. But in this one it was kinda I thought it was weak. yeah, yeah. There
1: was definitely weakness
2: to it. Anyway, we're skipping far ahead. So the the I guess there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's a couple of subplots. There's like there's this conspiracy theory side plot that's kind of running alongside, which is that's where Buck Williams is in. Then there's the pilot and his daughter who are dealing with their um, his wife and his son, her brother, disappearing. And then there's. The other lady who works for the airplane, uh, Hattie Durham, she's kind of got a side plot for as well. And then you meet this guy who works. He's Is he in charge of the UN? Yeah, some big cheese. Yeah, I can't remember yeah, what his title So, was. Nikolai Carpathia is kind of on the rise. Yeah. And you can tell by the name that he's a bad guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so the the conspiracy theory plot sort of is what starts the movie with the whole uh, this guy in Israel being able to create food uh and so th- there's this plot that Buck Williams discovers that these two corporate bigwigs uh Stonegal and Cochrane something like that Yeah. they're uh they're trying to get a hold of this guy's formula and get a bunch of land where they can grow the food and basically control the world's food supply. So there's this. That conspiracy theory is happening on the one side. And on the other side, you have um, the Antichrist who sort of works for these guys, but he's going to rise to power. Uh, it's c- sort of a convoluted plot. But the real stories are Buck Williams and uh, Rayford and his family.
1: Yeah. The. It's funny that the Antichrist is Russian. <laughs> is <It's> he Russian? <laughs> like he's is sort of like vaguely Eastern
2: European.
1: Oh, maybe it is I Romanian. It's maybe lame. it's Romanian. Yeah, but uh, but he has think, a
0: distinctive Russian accent.
1: I yeah, thought. yeah. I, uh, we've talked about My this before. My name is Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've talked about how he there's a, uh, like I, was the Antichrist depicted in Thief of the Night at all or it, was it? No, a I Russian don't think guy? he was because okay. there was that
2: old guy. But he wasn't the Antichrist. Right, he was just kind of a spokesperson or something. But, and then they talked about the Antichrist. I, they called him Brother or something or something yeah. like that. But yeah. I don't think they ever depicted him.
1: Hmm. But the, he's, like, from Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because one interpretation of, like, the Antichrist mm-hmm. is that he comes from the East... Mm-hmm. Then Americans always interpret that as oh East of Us. They're sure <laughs> from the, yeah. the Eastern bloc. That's where the antichrist <laughs> is coming from. But it's like in Israel, where like more or less where the book of Revelation was written, East could mean any number of things. Mm-hmm. And
2: so I just think it's funny that it's Russian and it's like Well, you gotta remember, late nineties, the Russians are the big bad guys yeah, at this
1: point. Yeah, but the Cold War's over in two thousand. Yeah, but like, there's
2: still that I mean, okay, so the books aren't written in two thousand. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess. I, I. It seems like a lot of this end times interpretation stuff is just all
2: on, like the heels of the Cold War. Yeah, though. and we talked about that. Yeah, in the night. Um. So it'll be interesting to see how that, ch- like, if all of these end times things continue, which I think they're kind of dying out at this point. It seems but if, like a- if they continue, it'll be interesting to see who the next big like Antichrist figure is. Uh, is it going to be Muslim? That, that's I feel like that's probably the next right, yeah. Sort of an edgy interpretation of. To
0: be honest, I, even the like the character of the Antichrist seems to me to be a little bit of a dubious interpretation of Revelation. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't remember a passage that's like a handsome guy is going to rise to political power.
2: Well, there's, like, the Antichrist isn't even in the Book of Revelation. Right. It's yeah. a,
0: exactly. It's really kind of a very pop culture interpretation yeah. of.
1: Oh yeah. A very vague yeah. and metaphorical text. People thought Obama was the Antichrist. I remember when yeah. we were in school, <laughs> yeah. people thought Obama was going to be the Antichrist. I think some I people that, thought Reagan was,
0: yeah, too. Reagan yeah, like Reagan his name has six letters, like his first yeah. middle last <laughs> name of six letters each. Yeah. Uh,
2: and uh, Boris Yeltsin was supposed to be the Antichrist, and who was the other guy? Um, the guy that Reagan was... Gorbachev. Gorbachev, he yeah. was supposed to be the Antichrist. Oof. Every every world leader has been the antichrist at one point or another. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. sure someone out there thinks Donald Trump is the antichrist. I, I'm sure, yeah, that. Uh, no, no doubt. So, yeah, back to the movie. It's hard to talk about this movie because we since we've already done Thief in the Night, mm-hmm. like the story beats are all like yeah. you know, the same. Mm-hmm. You know, conspiracy theory about uh, taking over the this world. This one doesn't have that
1: 70s charm. Now. It doesn't. Yeah, so that's really the unfortunate it. thing about it.
2: Yeah, but it is. Like, this movie, we talked about this uh, a little bit before we were recording. Uh, This is kind of like a Tom Clancy novel, Mm -hmm. but with religious themes. Uh, So you've got conspiracies, Buck Williams investigating this information about these plots of land and who's going to try and take over the world. And then, I never understood this part of it. On the videos he has about, like, the ten... Plots of land, yeah, and the rebuilding of the temple, and the there's something else. There's Bible chapters like on the video, and he thinks they're code or something. Who put those there? Was it like the bad guys who were developing these plans? With, <laughs> and here's the Bible version <laughs> about what we're about to do, or was it the guy in vet, like his friend Dirk, who was that is weird. It's like, yeah.
1: their whole plot is based on a book that was written 2000 years ago they're just like like filling in literally in the plot that's already been written
2: yeah literally like, in the books aware, of, being aware of it yeah in the books in the Left Behind Books, at one point the Antichrist takes out a Bible and he's just like, Alright, we're gonna just follow this yeah, right, script yeah. now. And I think they were like, This is the only way we can get him to do these actions because yeah. <laughs> there's no reason he would follow the, these actions without just like looking up the Book of Revelation as his manual. And then
1: the ten plots of land, is that like the ten headed?
2: Yeah yeah, so in the book T-rex of Daniel or, the lion there's, or um, ten little horns. Oh, the horns. Who are okay. like rulers, um it, I don't, you know, this isn't a theology podcast, no. but it, you know, it's based on a complete misunderstanding of those passages. But we don't need to get into that today. Uh, yeah, so I guess how do we want to approach talking about the movie? I don't know, it's a tough one. We could talk about, like, I think probably could,
1: keep the maybe the plot of review as late as possible,
2: yeah, because I, I don't know, <laughs> maybe we could like talk about the various different characters, so like Rayford. He cheats on his wife before the movie, it seems like, and um, with this Hattie girl who's a a stewardess on the plane. Are you allowed to call them stewardesses? I think that's what they would call them. Okay, yeah, Yeah, okay. Cabin crew. Cabin crew. Um, So they sort of have this thing, you can tell there's tension between them, and then Ray becomes a Christian, and she comes to visit him, and he has, like overnight turned into, like, this sage-like Yoda figure Hmm. who is, uh, like, spouting these axioms about, you know, like, I I don't, I don't know if you've ever been converted to Christianity, but you don't, normally, I don't think people just immediately become, like, a A prophet. Yeah, when they've been converted, Um, and they're (laughs) certainly not that familiar with the Bible. I think for Ray's character, it's the prequel actually helped me understand this. Really oh my well. gosh! <laughs> because as in
0: college, he he was going to be a pilot. He joined ROTC, and then he would take the military route to become a pilot. And while in ROTC, he met this very attractive, like cheerleader, sorority girl type, and they're dating. And he's with her for like generally superficial reasons, like just sexual and physical reasons. And he meets his his now wife. Okay, and she's like rock solid and not like the flashy attractiveness of the cheerleader she's just more like just a simple and like deeply inner beautiful woman and so he's kind of has a foot in both camps and and then his wife was like this is enough you have to break up with that girl And then, you can go out with me, but for six months, you can't touch me at all. You can shake my hand, that's all. Like, I want to know that you love me. So, he does this. He goes to this sorority girl's house, and all of her friends, all of her friends, like, throwing things at him, and he leaves. And then he, then he goes out with this new woman. She's, like, taking him to church and stuff like that, and teaching him about God, and he's like, I don't, I'm not really into this, or whatever, so... I feel like Hattie, the flight attendant, represents yeah. kind of this, 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 he had this taste of from the, this yeah. dark fountain, you know, from this forbidden fruit, yeah. he's kind of veering back into that.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And I think once the rapture happens, I think part of him is like, like my wife was right the whole time. Like, all those things she warned me about, all those things she said, it was absolutely right. So, I think it's weird that he does quote the Bible as much as he does, but I think he was listening to it for like 30 That's years. And it finally dawned on him, it was like this whole time. I had I was like looking at the wrong thing, so okay. this character has a bit of depth in terms. Right. In terms <laughs> of my <minutes. I> <laughs> all right. I'll defend
2: Ray all day long. <laughs> Buck Williams, on the other hand, is yeah. just two dimensional. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Ray uh, becomes a Christian. He breaks things off with Hattie completely, and then he
1: he goes to the church where the. Yeah. The pastor who is left behind is and they watch a VHS oh, yeah, tapes right. that the head pastor of the church has made TD Jakes who's a well-known pastor. Oh, okay. And I I, didn't, I didn't, I've never heard of him. Yeah. And he uh I think it's gives, him. Mm-hmm? I think it's him. Okay. And he gives a rundown this what's his name? TD TD Jakes. Yeah. TD Jakes. He gives a rundown That's not his name
2: in the movie. That's his actual. Oh, name. I
1: wasn't sure if it was a cameo or if. And he,
2: he's a like televangelist, no. Real he's life? the pastor of that. Oh, in okay. real life, yeah, he's like a. Real, he's got like a mega church. Okay, okay,
1: and he's giving a rundown of. It's like a, a. Basically,
2: if you're watching this video, people have disappeared, and here's why. Yeah,
1: yeah, just giving a synopsis rundown of everything that's going on and everything that's going to happen. So they watch this,
2: and so Ray and what's the pastor's name? Billing. Or no, the one who's still there. Yeah. Bruce Barnes.
1: Okay, yeah. He and Bruce team up, sort of. Yeah. What is their... They're just trying to help people. Is that basically... I think so. Yeah. Yeah, they're like trying to lead them to the truth. Okay. So they they are in cahoots together now, and Buck Williams is on this investigation into, like, the UN and stuff, right? And is he working for them, or is he just following them around? I can't remember. I think he may have been invited to work with them. Oh, like there,
0: was, okay. there was like a roundtable conference of That's right. world yeah, leaders, yeah. and he was, for work or for purely invitationally, he was invited. Nikolai Karpet, and like the Antichrist, we don't know that yet, but when he brings them in, he's like, I've always been a big fan of yours. Like He's very
2: charming, and kind of builds up um, Kirk Cameron's ego a little bit, and... Well, yeah, so the Antichrist wants him to become, like, his press guy. Right, right, To represent him in the press. Uh...
0: And then there's one of the most pivotal scenes, I think, which is where the Antichrist kills one of these world leaders who's yeah. opposing him. But with his words and, I guess, some kind of supernatural power, mm-hmm. he basically hypnotizes everyone. So... Everyone who doesn't know the truth of God or something, they see it as this guy shooting himself. Yeah. Where Buck sees it as the Antichrist shoots this guy and then sort of hypnotizes everyone to believing a different story. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, so right before that scene, right. Buck has his conversion scene. That's why he's not right. deceived exactly. by the Antichrist. And this, this is a motif power. that comes up a lot, is that the people who
0: are Christians can see the truth of a situation that the Antichrist is able to
2: mask or, like, <laughs> yeah otherwise disguise for other people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think where they got that from is there's a verse in the Bible about, you know, that the deception in the, the last days is going to be so powerful that it would deceive, and then it says, even if it were possible, the elect. So I think they take that and they're like, well, obviously this means that the Antichrist is going to have hypnotic power to fool people <laughs> into believing things that aren't true. Except that it won't work on Christians. Which I don't think that's what the message there is. Mm-hmm. But, uh... It's definitely some kind of hypnosis. Because at one point he, he, like, reaches out his hand. And the Jewish guy, Haim, is like... Oh, like something happened. it's yeah. hurting his head or something like that? So it's definitely, like, some kind of hypnosis. Um, but yeah, the, the guys that get shot are the two corporate bigwigs. Uh, Stonegal okay. and or Cochran. Mm-hmm. Um... Because they their plan to like control the world's food supply has been uncovered by Buck, mm-hmm. and he takes it to the Antichrist, not knowing that he's the Antichrist right. at that point. So basically, this is all Buck Williams' fault. If you think about it, yeah. Okay, Buck Williams directly led to the rise of the Antichrist.
1: Mm-hmm. Does Nikolai know that he is the Antichrist? He, he's, yeah, fully he's fully aware. Yeah. He okay. yeah, Yeah. yeah. So I'm always. It's like I don't know. I was I was. It's, it's interesting. He's always like portrayed that way. But I was. It would be interesting if it was just like the Antichrist is somebody that's genuinely trying to do good for people, and mm-hmm. it, like it, you know, goes off the rails. <laughs> and then he's possessed instead of just like this devilish <laughs> And then devilish after he's person. shot, he's
2: possessed by Satan, and that's when it's like the right. real bad time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he knows it because at one point. In the meeting, Stonogal's like, "Do you know who you're dealing with?" And Nikolai's like, "Do you?" Like, <laughs> right, obviously, okay. I'm the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah. So, I, think, I think
0: we can anti Antichrist. Like, I mean, Jesus would have known he was. That's Sonic okay. God. I think yeah, it's
2: yeah. like a comparable, like, converse image. Yeah. So that happens. So in the conversion scene, and this is something that happens throughout the movie, but especially with Buck Williams, I felt like when he like confesses his faith. He's not confessing his faith in, like, the gospel. He's confessing his faith in believing that this conspiracy theory is true. That there's this guy trying to take over the world's food supply. And, like, it's not a, uh, you know, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness of my sins and Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins. And therefore I believe this message. It's... The Antichrist is rising, and all of these political things are happening, and I believe that that's what's really going on in the world. Yeah, and therefore I'm a believer now.
1: Which he's like, he's just it's out of fear.
2: Yeah, well, it's it the the truth that he's believing is the like the conspiracy theory. Which, we've talked about this before with a lot of these dispensational Christian, like, it's really more about the Illuminati and the yeah. you know the one-world government and the one-world currency, which is actually in this movie. And things like, those are, like, the really important things about the Book of Revelation. Like, all of this conspiracy theory stuff happening, and it's not really about what, you know, the Bible's about. Uh, so I always find that interesting in these movies, and it happens in this one as well. Um... So, yeah. What else do we have to talk about with this movie? We're not really doing this one like we've done the other movies because it's really boring. It was, <laughs> this
1: movie was
2: a slog. Like, at least Omega Code, well, was it, that one was yeah, pretty long one, too. Yeah, let's not.
1: But I think I might, I in terms of End Times movies, I might like the Omega Code a little bit better than I did this one. Really? It still has the evil Antichrist with the accent, which is great. Yeah.
2: And you but, had Michael Ironsides in that movie, so.
1: right? But the this movie it dragged and dragged. I wanted to check how much longer the movie had. You did multiple but, times, yeah. Right? It's like <laughs> it became like a, I had impulse control problems with that because I just wanted it to be over. I
0: think it's pretty obviously a prelude for
1: a, a series. Yeah, you right. Know, even
0: the book was kind of like that. It was just straight up introduction, like an introduction of characters and yeah. settings and. What we little should have watched there, the little
1: second happening. one. Is is this movie just based on the first book, or yeah. did they pull okay, other material? Yes. Yeah, the,
2: the the climax of the first book is like that meeting with oh, the okay. Christ. Yeah. So it, it pretty much, as far as I can remember, it follows the book pretty closely. I mean, I've, yeah. I haven't read that book in a decade, at least. Yeah. But uh, it follows the book pretty closely. What else do we want to say about this movie? I kind of want to throw it
0: in. If there are any huge fans of Left Behind out there, I would love to hear from them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even... No, I, I, I like I if agree. Someone, if someone came up to me and told me they love Left Behind, I would listen to what they had to say, because there are cool things about the series. It's it's hard to make it an interesting movie about it, I think, especially mm. this first book, where... Just you know, all the exposition. There's no, like, poisonous locusts or anything. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Although, I mean, the sun goes dark at the beginning of the movie when. Oh, that's true! That's the only, like, plague-like thing happening. But I think the people who really like these things would disagree because all of the conspiracy theory stuff in the first half of the movie, well, even throughout the movie, that's all, like, part of the Book of Revelation, too, to them. Mm -hmm. So they're, like, seeing these global conspiracies and they're like, oh, this is right, you know, in Revelation. So I feel like they would have that appeal that appeal would work for them whereas for me it's kind of like well this is just kind of corny yeah uh, what do what do we think is do we want to talk more about the movie not much happens in it like we've you yeah. we've talked for a very short amount of time i feel like we've covered all of the big things that happen in the movie
1: yeah right and the I, i've never seen the second two I've, I've seen them I don't remember them. Yeah. Maybe they are a little bit more exciting than this one. I'm sure that they are. Guys, I think it was because I forgot that it was slow because the environment I was watching it in was, oh, we're just watching it in class, so it seemed so much better than, than anything else life. that we would have done. <laughs> and so I had higher hopes when I was watching it, but it's a slog. Yeah. did someone get shot by a sniper or something at one point?
2: Yeah. Uh, well... So Buck Williams is investigating at Dirk's house. That's right. He finds Dirk dead. And so he looks around on his computer and he's going to read some message that he got. And then the sniper shoots the computer screen to destroy the message. Which, that's not how computers work. Mm-hmm. Dirt uh, Buck could have just grabbed the desktop. Oh yeah, and he still would have had that information. Yeah, right, just because you shot the screen out doesn't mean that <laughs> you, you destroyed the information.
0: I honestly think in the year two thousand, like home computers were just enough of a novelty that a lot, like I think a large part of the audience wouldn't know <laughs> yeah. how to preserve information on a computer. What it, it would be, I don't know. Like. Everyone knows what a Ferrari is, but how many people really know how to that's drive true. a Ferrari? Like, yeah. You would see it on TV and be like, oh, I know about that. But, mm-hmm. you know, they could do crazy things with it you wouldn't really know if it was real or not. Yeah, that's true.
2: That's true. <laughs> it, it reminded me of like the... Um, I hate this show, but uh, NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's the one scene, the famous ones where like the they're being hacked into, and so two Double people down, start it. typing on the same keyboard as so though they're like fighting the hacker, and then the guy walks in and just unplugs the computer monitor, and he's like, "Well, we fixed that." And it's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> and like another part of like the NCIS
0: feel is. Camera angle through a sniper scope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you, you
1: know something's gonna happen, and, and it wasn't, wasn't even it wasn't even like regular uh, a regular scope. It was this weird like Terminator. Like, it looks <laughs> exactly. like through the eyes of the Terminator. Maybe it's a crossover universe. Could, Maybe the Terminator takes yeah. place at the
0: same time that Left Behind is taking. I place. think this is a good addition to the discussion. Questions is what other movie universes okay, yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can pretty, pretty much always good.
2: talk about that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. would be a good
0: <laughs> Yeah. Terminator technology is valuable. Yeah, it is.
1: The enemies of Buck Williams. It's more of a RoboCop, I feel like. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, I've never seen RoboCop. Really? Oh, that's a good movie. Aren't there two? Yeah, or but the, one really,
2: is- the, I feel like the first one, maybe the second one, but anything after that. Yeah. Not good. Um, all right. So that that <laughs> that's really all, all of the stuff that happens. Oh, I, I we got to talk about the one scene that's sort of my favorite reference scene for this movie is Dirk meets his, a friend of his in a bar. Oh, yeah. And they both have these beers in front of them yeah. that look suspiciously like apple juice. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both drinking them, but it seems as though they're like closing their lips when they put the cup up to their mouth so that none of it goes in. Because they're, they're both full at like the end of the conversation after they've both been drinking oh, them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I always found that was funny. Uh, So, like, you can tell the creators of the movie and Kirk Cameron were, like, trying to be hard. Because, you know, uh, Buck Williams isn't a Christian yet. So, like, in one scene, he sees something that surprises him. And he's like, what the heck? Yeah, we we were so close to Unhinged Cameron. Yeah, we didn't get it. Didn't
1: get it in this movie. But this is... I
2: think he was still developing Unhinged Cameron. That's true, because...
1: In the '90s, he was still doing like TV movies, mm-hmm. and then like, this is like his big shift to the big screen. Yeah, yeah. And then what? Fireproof came about eight years later, yeah. so he had his ten thousand
2: hours in by that point. Yeah, that that was when you really started to see Cameron break yeah. out as an actor.
1: Yeah. <laughs> doesn't wait another, when Rayford becomes a Christian? Doesn't he just start reading Genesis, like the beginning of the Bible, out loud?
2: Yeah. I, I was legitimately expecting Him to start Reading at the beginning and then he's like Wait a minute, I need to go to the end Because like, yeah, it's the end right, time yeah. But that didn't happen, it would have been funny if it had But yeah, he just He basically just starts reading from the beginning And I guess he read the whole thing I don't know, maybe he skipped around a little bit That is true I, I mean We didn't really talk about his daughter Chloe At all She doesn't really have that big of a role in the movie. No, not really. She's just kind of like the, just
1: kind of there to make Rayford's plot more urgent. Yeah, and
2: she'll she'll play a bigger role later on. Yeah, but in this movie, she didn't really have any. Wait,
1: Buck goes over to Rayford's house, right? Yeah. Why does he have to crash on the couch? Because Rayford's whole family gone at that point. Except for Chloe, well, and he yeah, makes. Some... it'd
2: still be kind of weird to like sleep in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, my, my son's, sons room <laughs> disappeared. Oh, okay, time. all right, all right. Yeah. I would. I feel like that's a little.
0: But why did we just learn about Josiah here? It's like the rapture happened. So I was like, "Yo, come on over. Sydney's <laughs> not here. Come that's on." Right. boys.
1: <laughs> it's a king extra bed
0: for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like eighteen hours. <laughs> ball and chain
1: you yes. yeah. <laughs> know. All right.
0: and I, another thing is the rapture takes every child 12 and
2: under yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's the, because the age yeah. of counting is you 13 exactly yeah. so it's a good thing that you know society is <laughs> going to end in 7 years because if you think about it everybody 12 and under disappeared mm-hmm. that's an entire generation is yeah. gone yeah. like that maybe even two generations right so the world doesn't come back from that. Right. It's like,
0: what are some movies like that? Like Children of Men? Yeah. For yeah.
2: example, like,
0: there's a complete shift in the rhythm of life at that point. hmm
2: Uh...
0: Which is surprising. I don't feel like the movie ever had a dialogue about that. Mm-mm. About, like, the, uh, all children are gone. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a discussion about what yeah, that meant. Yeah,
1: everyone's just concerned about, like, the, the big conspiracy theory thing. Mm-hmm. They, they do yeah. not... Yeah, they never mentioned that. Yeah.
2: Well, the implications of it don't matter because the world's going to end in seven years. Like, so they, you don't mm-hmm. need to bring it up. Because it's never going to be a problem. Even though people in real life would talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um... So, early on, right after the rapture happens, Chloe's driving to an exam or something, yeah, and she gets into a car accident because, you know, chaos has broken down and a tractor-trailer driver was raptured and caused a big accident, and she gets out of her car to see what's happening, and somebody steals her car, which I thought was funny because, like, it, it follows along this tradition of Christian movies where, like, all atheists are bad guys immediately and like so the rapture happens all christians are gone so like she just gets randomly carjacked because that's that's what non-christians yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they're an atheist so yeah I would I mean we can go to our guiding questions now yeah I'm down mm-hmm. for that Oh, there was one last thing I'll I'll mention. Um, The scene where the Antichrist has got all of his ten kings around the table, and Buck's there, and the two corporate guys are there. It was like the scene from The Untouchables where... um, Oh, yeah. What's his name? Al Capone. Al Capone is walking around because one of his... uh, drug deals got, like... Or, not drug deals, whiskey deals mm-hmm. got, like, busted by the Untouchables. And he's walking around the table talking about teamwork and loyalty, holding a baseball bat, and then he beats the guy's head in at the table. That, like, this, that was his, Yeah. This we're... movie's Untouchables scene. Uh, when he shoots the guy. So that's all I had to say about that. That's really all I need to say about this movie. So, I like, guiding hiding questions. So the first one is crossed out.
0: I assume yeah. that means...
2: I think it's we don't read it because the second one is basically the same question. Okay.
0: Question one: Did it handle its material well?
2: <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. Because it co- like it, it's a very good adaptation of the book. Yeah, I agree.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: It's now.
1: But see, when
0: we talk about the book, it's like yeah, Revelation, then Left Behind novel, then movie. <laughs> <Right>. So <laughs> if we continue to the source material, then, no, I, absolutely
2: not. <laughs> There's nothing there in all the <laughs> But I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. I'm yeah, sure. it, it adapted the book very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say the same thing. I, I am tired. I think this genre is definitely just tired. Mm-hmm. I know this came out like 20 years ago, so and I don't i I get ads on Instagram now for Pure Pureflix. I don't know if I yeah, told you this. Yeah. And there, there is a show on there apparently. That's they weirdly. That's the show they gave me in the advertisement too. Is this end times, like TV show about people living after the rapture and all the things that happen? So there are people still making it, making it, but Mm -hmm. it definitely seems like that
2: cultural wave is it's slowly dying out. yeah. Yeah, um but, I mean, I talked about all of the reasons that I don't think these End Times stories are accurate in the Thief of the Night episode, so I'm not going to go over all of that again. Do
1: you think this movie is better th- than other End Times
2: movies? Before? I think Thief of the Night is the, like, okay. the, the... Yeah, the gold standard. Yeah, the gold standard of End Times movies. Um, and, I mean, Left Behind got its name from the song in Thief of the Night. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. time to change your mind. Right. The sun has come and you've been left behind. Oh, that that's a good point. is from, like, they explicitly took that name from that song. So, Thief of the Night is, like, the godfather of all end times. Okay. Movies. On
0: a side note, have any of you ever encountered, like, end times fiction from, we'll say, like, the 19th or, like, early 20th mm-hmm. centuries? Is
2: there ever. Well, I mean, it came about in the late 19th century. Like, that's when it was invented. Mm-hmm. All of this dispensational Antichrist right. stuff. So there's not a whole lot of it before mm-hmm. then because nobody believed it before then.
0: What would be the earliest end time story or novel you've ever encountered like or heard about? Fiction? Yeah. I
2: don't know. Probably. That's Even a good the question.
0: Yeah, I, I really
2: don't. I don't. Think I so, think I, the
1: Cold War accelerated yeah, that. So people much. really thought. Yeah. It
0: was either going to be nuclear holocaust or the rapture. I think that. Or both. Yeah. Exactly. Favorite quotation.
2: There's not a whole lot of good we ones. I don't
1: have. Let's see.
2: I think it might be uh, Kirk Cameron's "What the Heck?" He <laughs> sees <laughs> the heck? conspiracy theory, yeah. the genesis of unhinged
1: Cameron. Yeah, we yeah. see the skin seed form. Yeah, <laughs> or he
2: was still a young, young pup or a young buck. Yeah, a buck. <laughs> young buck. Young buck. At the beginning of the movie, like to establish the son Raimi as like the good kid and the daughter Chloe as like the bad kid, like the very first line of dialogue in the movie and Chloe's like, you always do what you're told, and then Rami's like, Yeah, you should try it sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I generally enjoy
0: the Antichrist, Nikolai Carpathia's dialogue in general. His accent is is it's kind of a cool part of the film, you know. And a lot of what he says is verbatim from the book, I think. Just like these sort of creepy, but sort of charismatic, Mm. and he might as well have Antichrist on a t-shirt, you know? It's such an archetypal
1: portrayal of that. He needs a jersey. That's right. (laughs)
0: Number one. (laughs) Number 260.
2: (laughs) Let's be honest If he were in Gramps Goes to College He would be a member of the What was the team name? The Demons The Demons Yeah, he would be (laughs) the the all-star athlete on the
1: Demons But yeah, I think he was definitely the highlight The best performance in the movie Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably fair
2: Yeah It's hard not to play stoic Russian Right, yeah, exactly Like, you can't can't go wrong, really That's right (laughs) Uh, Yeah
1: All right Uh, Next question? Yeah Should this movie have been made? Well, I guess... I guess going back to the source material thing, should Revelation have been written? Yes. Should the Left Behind books have been written? They seem like they're a pretty decent series of books. Yeah, sure. But did the movie need to be made?
2: If the Left Behind... Like, the Left Behind books didn't need to be written unless they are purely understood as fiction. Like, this isn't a, like fictionalized telling of what the Bible talks about. This is just pure fiction. Then, yeah, I can see why they would be appealing like sci-fi novels. Great. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, fun story. Did the movie need to be made? I mean, I. if you're just judging it purely on this is an adaptation of this book, it's not a bad adaptation of the book. Yeah. So, like, none of the acting is, like, you look at it and you're just like, this is awful. The movie itself is, like, not badly made. There's no... Yeah. Nothing that jumps out at you like this is really bad. Uh, so yeah, I am fine with it being yeah, me. Yeah. Give it a pass. Yeah. yeah same. Would,
0: <laughs> yeah, what's the next, next one? Next, who would you
1: recast? I okay. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Ivan oh, Drago, right. Nikolai Nikolai Oh, yeah. Alright. <laughs> I must break him. Yes. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah, right. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> Great choice.
0: Love it. Um a George Clooney as Ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There Kind of a classy fantastic. pilot. Yeah, yeah. That would be
2: fantastic. Yeah. You know who I wouldn't recast as Ray? Nicolas Cage. Because <laughs> they is hated that? the remake. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Oh my God. Uh, um, I think you said this during the uh, when we were watching it. Uh, Scarlett Johansson as Hattie. As Hattie absolutely,
0: could, uh, yeah. All, be, that would man. be just sizzling chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Cameron and Scarlett <laughs> on the airplane helping the raptured people. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, so I can see that working. Everybody else, I feel like is just good.
1: Yeah, the the acting wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't it terribly wooden in this movie. No. I think mean, in terms of a lot, even like the bigger budget movies we've watched, this one, I mean, it it did like, I think it held its own as far as like getting the right people to be in it, and
2: yeah, like it was obviously made in the early two thousands.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: it wasn't bad,
0: and it actually brings up some good questions about how would. Current cell phone or social media technology play a role in mm. in a rapture situation, yeah. you know, because this because the movie was just at the cusp. Of, everyone's got a Nokia phone, but no one's got a camera all the time. Like yeah. no one's Snapchatting. So I mean, I think the world would be ready for like a 2020 yeah, left behind, that's true. <laughs> yeah.
2: like a, a, a reinvention of the story from exactly. with modern technology. Yeah. Anything knock your socks off. Nah. I don't think so. One, because I've seen this movie enough times that none of it's, like, new to me. <laughs> and two, nothing really mind-blowing happens.
1: Yeah. I don't think there was any specific thing that I was like, oh, man. Yeah. When I mean, Gramps goes to college, it was like... That was every night. other scene. Even the Omega Code, too. And
2: Thief in the Night, There, it was just... Yeah. Every turn, yeah. there was something you're like... oh. Wow. Yeah, there's no point during this movie, and this happens regularly, where I just took my notebook and just like threw it across <laughs> the room. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: say, <laughs> uh, Thief of the Night had some very real tension. Yeah. And I would not say that about about no. this movie. No, no. And I, I found it kind of frustrating at times, because the whole premise is so insane. Like, people disappear. And everyone just kind of seems to go with it, yeah. you know, and... Maybe it's because mo- most of the characters are, like, immediate converts, so they're just like, oh, we know what's going on here. But I, I not struggle to understand the, the casualness of the way they would talk to each other, like, mm-hmm. well, everyone's gone, and
2: that's, that's, that's yeah, yeah, like,
0: there doesn't seem to be any grief or anything like that. No. no.
2: Yeah, it's like, like the, the airplane pilot, not uh, Rayford, but the one that Buck mm-hmm. hires, right. Ken Ritz. He's yeah. like, well, maybe it was aliens. Or, <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs>
1: There's no emotional range in the movie whatsoever. Yeah. And it's the most catastrophic thing I think that could happen to the world. Mm-hmm. Like, so you could say the thing chunk. that
2: knocked your socks off the most was just how little everybody disappearing knocked off the socks of the people in the movie. Yeah, like, exactly. Just like, okay, that happened. Yeah, the little <laughs> socks were left folded on the plane seat. When he...
0: <laughs> I will say, I, uh, I have completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. There's something I was going to say about like the emotional range of some... Oh, what I felt is that the movie was made to be watched by people who had read the books. Yeah. I, I felt very strongly about that. And even though I felt like the actors sort of knew that. Like, there was this... I felt like they were like, well, you guys know what's about to happen. We're going to zoom through these <laughs> yeah, emotions.
2: <no. laughs> That's like... Especially movies that are made based on much longer books. Mm -hmm. Like, my specific, like, anytime I think about this, I think of one movie in particular. It's one of the Harry Potter movies, The Order of the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. That movie is uh, incomprehensible if you haven't seen, Mm -hmm. or if you haven't read the book. Because they just, they, like, jump from key event in the book to key event. Mm -hmm. But none of the backstory or any of the Mm -hmm. uh, surrounding, like, build-up to those things happens in the movie. It's just, like, you have to have read the book, otherwise you're not going to understand why these things are happening. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is kind of like that I guess like there's a lot of conspiracy stuff that they weren't able to put into the movie like more of the like research and stuff like that um, but yeah for me nothing knocked my socks off I don't think
0: and the last question is would you watch again or recommend to someone else <sighs> I don't think no. I don't think I'm going to watch
1: it again. <laughs> I think <laughs> is I this think this is the last time. <laughs> I, I think this is the last time. Although we I think we should maybe watch the sequels down the road. Yeah, down the road we might watch the sequels. They might be a little more exciting and This movie had a this big budget. Like if the production quality was good. I don't I think I would recommend it to somebody who is curious about like end times conspiracy theories. Yeah, if you really. want to
2: understand what like the whole left behind mania was about. The movie's yeah, it's a How cultural can yeah. read the book,
1: mm-hmm. honestly though. Yeah, like if my, my if I have kids someday and they ask, like, Dad, what was what was it like being a Christian in the the nineties? <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna show them right. left behind. Right. Like, this is what people were thinking. Yeah. yeah. I guess. And there
0: was always sort of this subculture of people who I honestly think kind of would have wanted to stick around for the tribulations. Like yeah, yes, like
1: absolutely. Go to like
0: you know, loot
2: Costco and hit the road <laughs> yeah. and see all these crazy things happen. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think like that. I would be yeah. like, "Man, I wish that I could stay around, yeah, just to watch all of this right. insane stuff go down."
0: <laughs> and I credit Left Behind for sort of nurturing that. You know, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> all the like the especially later on in the books they try all these new different kinds of technology and they have all these cool hideouts and mm-hmm. it, it reads kind of like a science fiction book you know yep. like or sort like a zombie fiction you know where yeah, it's like the, yeah they have like the what are those people called who the preppers like there's there's they meet prepper characters who have like stacks of MREs and yeah, like yeah. arsenals of weapons and it just seems so much fun the going kind to of be waiting for the yeah one the point, demon locusts or
2: whatever. They're like living in Chicago which has been bombed mm-hmm. by a nuke. Right. But for some reason they're immune to the radiation. Yeah, exactly. And so they're able to hide out there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't think that I would recommend it. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I don't like, think so either. Watch Thief in the Night. Well, oh, right, yeah, I think if I'm. You know, I'd sooner, night. I guess, recommend Thief in the Night or even. Maybe even no. the Omega Code over no. this one. I don't no. know. I Don't do that. <laughs> the Omega Code was more fun. Don't look This movie's not fun at all. The Omega Code was fun because of, like, the. It, it's the insanity of it. Uh, okay, that's. I, fair. I, that's fair. I, I don't that's, that's one of the things that I factor into, like,. Rating the movie yeah. is definitely like the, the craziness and the
2: insanity. That's right This was just a vanilla kind of movie, and the Omega Code was nuts, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I can I can get behind that. All right, that was the final guy. Yeah, and question. then we we have uh, the ratings. We have to rate. Oh the movie. yeah, so, right. So. Oh
0: yeah, this is one of the, this is one of the funniest parts of the podcast. <laughs>
1: Two glass, two beer glasses of apple juice. <laughs> two beer glasses of apple juice.
2: Interesting, interesting. You have a
1: out of ten plots of land. Oh,
2: I, w- I would oh, give it. All
0: right. I would give it four plots. Four plots. i give it four plots of land out of ten out of ten plots. Most notably for the ada- like the accuracy of the adaptation. Okay, I think all
2: right. It deserves some credit for that. All right, I think that I would give it three sets of clothing that have just. <laughs> okay. Three sets of clothing It's like playing the Orgon, Orgon Trail You just get
1: sets of
0: clothing Well let me see it man
1: What, <laughs> what, what exactly am I getting here uh, 50% off All sets of clothing <laughs> <laughs> Alright So that was left behind <sighs> Yeah reach out to us If you like this movie and Or if you have any questions Or comments about it Uh, We're on Instagram at BetterDayPodcast. You can email us at BetterDayPodcast at gmail.com. We are at BetterDayCast on Twitter. And our episodes are on SoundCloud SoundCloud or iTunes, so please give us a review, a rating, preferably a high rating. Like like and subscribe, as they say on YouTube. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's all we got.
0: Yep. And we also are generally interested in end times... Whether it's a conspiracy theory or just the subculture oh, yeah. of end times preparation, so any strong opinions or funny stories about that, definitely share them with us. Because yeah,
2: tweet out or oh yeah. Out. So last time we did an end times maybe I think it was Stephen the night I asked the question on Twitter: uh, had you ever had the experience of thinking that the rapture had happened and you missed it? Hmm. Uh, and there were some really funny stories. So if you go look at the Twitter account, some yeah. people replied to that, and it, it's pretty funny. Um, did you ever have an experience like that? That
0: I've had that thought, it, it never lasted long enough, you know, yeah. someone came through the door or something, but right. there were some yeah. there been moments in my life. of panic. Yeah, well, like <laughs> I come upstairs and like my mom, I think for me the, the kicker would always be if my mom was watering the flowers, she would have two water cans, she'd be using one and filling up another one. I would come upstairs to an empty house <laughs> oh. with just the sink running into an overflowing <laughs> flower watering
2: can. I would think that's a scene, happened. That's a scene right out of A Thief in the Night. Exactly. <laughs> the camera just zooms away from me <laughs> the sink.
0: <laughs> I was like, I gotta turn off the sink, and I gotta get with God. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's time. <laughs> I've got seven years of pain. <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah, so we definitely need some people to send us recommendations for movies, though. We're not really running out, but... You know, there's a wide range of really bad Christian movies, and we don't want to scrape the bottom of the barrel, so if people have, like, ideas for movies they thought would be fun to hear a review of, please send them to us. Yeah, send out the recommendations. Twitter,
1: email. We've been getting a lot of requests for Fifty Shades of Grey, and...
0: There's actually... Guys, you need to calm down a little (laughs) bit. There's
2: there's a book called Fifty Shades of Grace. If they make that into a movie... Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: Why? Is this a response or is it just kind of a parallel para- para-
2: para- <laughs> version? Great I, I companion piece. I think it might be like a devotional like oh, okay. 50 days. Oh,
0: that yeah. makes sense.
2: Yeah. Uh, but that's yeah why would such you a use bad use idea, Bill. Right. 50 what a loser. Okay. All right. So, I think that's all we've got. Yeah. Thank you for listening. So long, folks.
1: See you next time.